Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. People are afraid that if someone's watching porn, it means something about that they're going to be rejected, that they're not going to think they're hot enough, that they're only going to want to have sex in one way, that they're only going to want to jerk off and watch porn and not have sex with them. You know, there's all this projection that's happening based on insecurity. Yeah. To me, that's what this is about. Insecurity, a lack of sex ed, and a lack of curiosity about sexuality in general. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hi, guys, and welcome to Almost Adulting with me, your host, Violetta. So today I am joined by the certified sex therapist, licensed individual and couples psychotherapist, Todd Barrett. This month is all about sexual health and wellness in March. So that is why I'm so excited to have Todd join us today. We are diving into everything sex from health, STIs, STDs, awareness kinks and so much more and whatever we want to talk about welcome thanks i'm glad to be here again but this time irl yes IRL. the last time we were you were so gen z what what am i saying irl i mean i'm gonna start working vibe into like the vibe like the vibe is off the vibe I yeah is the vibe off right now no this is perfect is the vibe it's... in this room with us no it's moment? turning me on fully erect yeah fully right Mm-hmm. Which is relevant to what we're yeah. talking about today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're sexually. <laughs> I just oh I'm God. fully aroused. I will want to say I do want to start off the podcast. Will say that I I am feeling a little off today. I shouldn't even say it, but it's the truth. I'm feeling a little off because I only slept for like two three hours. But we're just gonna make the most of it. And luckily Todd's here, and he's a hoot. So. A hoot. <laughs> Are you a boomer? <laughs> like, who says yeah. hoot? Oh my gosh. Also, do you take drugs to go to bed? Where are you? Take drugs. Take medica- medication. I did not take drugs last night to go to bed. Oh, Wait, why can not? I tell you the funniest thing about last Please. night? I went to this event, and during the event, I start having a conversation with this guy, and we're just connecting really well. And he's just like, I just feel like I'm connecting so well with you. And I was like, yeah, I feel the same way too. And then he's just talking to me the whole night, and I was like, wow, I just like really vibe with this guy. He gets me. Uh, he's really hot. He's uh, he's half Chinese, half Colombian. Mm-hmm. And uh, we keep talking. And then I go to the bathroom with uh, my friend. And she's like, oh, my God, he's so hot, right? You guys should totally hit it off. I'm like, yeah, how old is he? She's like, 21. Oh, my God, he's a fetus. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, okay. So afterwards, I come outside. And he's like, I just like love talking to you. I was like, yes. It's been very well. Thank you so much. Oh <laughs> like, I'm like, thank you so much, young man. Um, but also, I would Please say hello to your parents <laughs> for me. Uh, don't turn him away. He could be very nice. He could have imagine, a really great dick. Okay. Imagine. Imagine right now if I was a man in his 30s talking about a 21-year-old girl. People would get so upset. Well, fuck those people. No, I'm not... No. You were really connecting with him. Any of those roles are stupid. I mean, it comes from so many different places, but I mean, insecurity, 
fear. So you gave me the green flag. I mean, why to, not? To, to go out with a 21-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? I mean, if you were it. like, I think he's the one, we're going to get married and we're right. going to have like 10 children, I'd be like, well, maybe you just start with date one. Um, yeah. But like, I don't know. So right. you, ha- you have a good time with somebody. Right. Because I think we think about relationships from this like, okay, are they the one? Are you going to get married? Is this going to go somewhere? Well, like, I why can't a relationship? Like Most people do. Especially when dating. And that's probably also what's behind your being like, well, he's 20. When I found out how old he was, I was disinterested. Which, like, same. I probably would have the same reaction. But also coming from the place of, like, what am I going to do with them? Right. What are they looking for? Well, I can't I take them seriously. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it made me, it made me uncomfortable, that. to be honest. Like, afterwards, it was hard for me to talk to him. I, like, literally, I ran into my friend Sophia, and we had some things to hash out. So then end up kind of talking to her so then he came to me and was like oh i'm gonna go over there i'm like oh yeah for sure sure yeah, i'll see you and my brain was like oh my god oh my god stay away from me stay no away from me. i was just mortified I mean, 21 is a little young yeah sure fine. yeah but i don't know i mean i do like younger guys but that was a little too young for me you know what i like about what you do and everything is that you're so encouraging with so many things that i think people disencourage i i like even when you talk about relationships and things like that you always talk about how the whole bullshit of one person can't make you happy every single day and all that because mm. it's always like if they make you feel not right then they're not the one you're like you always kind of say that's bullshit no this is bullshit this is bullshit so i feel like it very much normalizes so many things that we see all over the internet that makes us feel bad about ourselves yeah i'm thanks i mean i try to just take a really non-judgmental approach to relationships and sex just because from being a therapist and seeing individuals and couples like life's much more complicated than some of the ways in which it's approached and discussed online and social and in, um just general culture yeah. so like i think what's more important is just hearing people's stories and encouraging them to do what makes them feel most comfortable as opposed to being like no you shouldn't be doing that you should right. only be doing this too young, too old, too fat, too skinny. You know, like all of these rules are ridiculous. Yeah. If they don't make you feel good about yourself and they're obsessed with you today and tomorrow, then like move on. And everybody's walking around with anxiety and shame because they're like, have like, do this, don't do this. Only when it's this, you know, all these fucking rules that are just like outrageous, idealistic and unattainable, really. Right. Like when when I talked to you about masturbating, we share, talk about everything. And then I talked, when I made a joke to you about uh, how... You know, I watch whatever porn that I watch, and then afterwards, you after watch I'm, porn, ew, I know. Oh but then after when I masturbate, Porn's then I, so I look at the you. porn, I'm, I feel kind of grossed out. Suddenly, I'm like, oh, ew, what yeah. am I watching? And you said it's it's part of just how society trained us to feel shame with what yeah, doing shame. things like that. Yeah. How do you kind of get past that sexual shame just by talking about it? Yeah, well, I mean, this is a lot of the work that I do with my clients in terms of because every single person has sexual shame. Like there is I have sexual shame and I'm a literal sex therapist. Like everyone has sexual issues, kind of like Not any me. relational issues. Well, because you're perfect. <laughs> yeah. But Period. We, we knew this. But um, mm-hmm. how do you get past it? I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you don't necessarily get fully past it. I mean, people rarely want to identify with the word shame. Yeah. Because it, and but I think people need to find a word that works and and admit to themselves that to some extent they feel shame about how they express themselves or who they're expressing themselves with or the kinks that they like or fetishes that they're enjoying. And it might not be huge, but it's kind of one of those things that people are constantly working through because we live in a world that is really shamey. So like our environment really impacts the way that we function sexually, relationally, emotionally, and in every which way. So you know, you work through shame by becoming aware of where it comes from, why it's there, what you're ashamed about, and then 
real life experiences sexually with yourself, masturbating, where you give yourself permission to enjoy the pleasure that you're seeking or the partners that you're having sex with. Yeah. Um, and then over time it dissipates, but it's always kind of there. There are always some pieces and then you're like, wait a minute, no. And then you have to correct yourself. You say, this is fine that I'm watching porn. Like you might have that moment. And then after you're like, no, what am I? This is fine. Right. This is totally fine. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't impact you like maybe it did 20 years ago. What's the number one question that you always get from all of your patients? They're all variations of the same question. How do I have this convert like X conversation? So how do I talk to my partner about kink? How do I talk to somebody about this? People don't know how to initiate conversations about sex. And it's not that they don't know how to initiate conversations, which is what I find so interesting. Like people have conversations all day with strangers at the store. Like people can talk about often sometimes really hard relational issues. But when it comes to sex, people are just like, shut down they don't know how to start a conversation they lose all their capacities for relational skills of communication or empathy or niceness or humor and they're like i don't know how to do it (laughs) i'm like well it's a conversation well then we start talking about shame and fear and rejection because that's when sex is about way more than just like getting a good sex ad it's sex is relational and that's what happens that's what shame is about it is about a lack of education but it's also about a lack of relational education in terms of how sex is a relational dynamic, even with a stranger, right? There's another person there. Even sometimes we could say if you're by yourself in your room, the relational dynamics, the emotional dynamics of sex and the cultural dynamics of sex are still impacting you, even if you're masturbating by yourself watching porn, right? Right. As you're saying, you feel shame after you masturbate. Those, I'm just that's, like, oh, what am I watching? Right. But yeah. those thoughts you learned from culture, your environment, your parents. And so that still impacts you when no one else is in the room. So we work through some of that stuff. And, you know, there's a lot there. It becomes mostly a discussion about relationships yeah. at that point when people are like, how do I talk about this? Right. So how do you feel safe to share things that you're into, whether it's with your friends or with a partner? Yeah. It's about safety, but it's also about power. And people don't talk about power at all. It's about power, right? Because if you're having sex with somebody or not having sex with them or wanting to talk about a kink, that's a part of, that's a preference, right? It's a need. And this is also another problem with sex is that it's thought of, it's just sex, but it's not. Like if I can only come on my back and I'm like fucking somebody standing up and I know that I'm not going to come, it's a, there is a lack of power I'm feeling to say, I need to lay down, this is what I need in order to get off, right? So it's a discussion about power. And most people don't identify with feeling powerless. So instead I phrase it as, you know, you lose connection to yourself, right? So you lose connection to the ability to say, hey, can I lay down? It's more comfortable. I usually phrase it like that. So you lose connection to yourself. And yeah. that's a place of powerlessness, right? Where you're self-negating in order to be liked, not to elicit rejection, to feel less shame because you think you should be able to come in all sorts of different positions, whatever. Yeah. So we talk about the role of power in relational dynamics and what it's like to reveal yourself. So to really put yourself out there because sex is like literally one of the most vulnerable things we can do in a relational context. Yeah. So like saying this is what I need is really hard for people because the communication underneath that is really letting yourself out. And a lot of times the partner in the moment probably doesn't process probably how hard it is maybe for their partner to express right. their feelings so let's say if someone goes no one knows oh i i uh i can only come from head not from sex that's weird you know oh my god why you know? would you don't say that i know i'm saying not- but oh you're saying the other think, person will say that. the okay. other person will actually say weird. that's weird and then you suddenly think holy shit i shouldn't have said anything 
and then the right. you know because well, your partner didn't realize. Terrible. Well, no, <laughs> it's not that. I think a lot of times in general, nothing is forget. weird. By the way, anybody who's listening, if you want to come from head there's, or from a toilet paper roll, I think that's fucking awesome. Like, there's go for nothing it. weird, yeah. but, but I think a lot of times people don't understand. Yeah, but I think a, a lot of people don't understand sometimes yeah. the words that they're saying, or when they're it's just a conversation, they just make a comment like, "Oh, that's really weird," or oh, "I don't no. like the, what." Oh my god! And then god. you're like, "Holy shit!" Okay, I'm someone never... said that to you. No. Okay, good. I mean, that's the thing, though, is like oftentimes, like when I have these conversations with clients, I always say, like, you know, just so you know, I've never had a conversation, and I'm I don't mean to totally disagree with you. Maybe you have different experience, but I've not encouraged someone to have a sexual conversation with somebody and it gone like totally horrible. Like usually most of the time, no, people have conversations, people are receptive yeah. and they're like, oh, this is what you like. And then they're like, let's do that. So like, uh, I think that's the fear, right? You described a fear, but then I asked yeah. you like, has that ever happened? And you're like, no, that's actually well. I, that's things that I've, I've heard that's from guys that I've interviewed and guys, my guy friends that I've spoke to. Well, that they them. say something, and then <laughs> the girl, their partner, will say because a lot of times it's a one night stand or someone they barely know. So it's just they they're not thinking. Is this person opening up to me? Is this yeah. person trying to sh- to 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 show their power? They're thinking, huh? No, that's weird. I don't like that. Yeah, well, that's a problem. <laughs> totally, but I think that's in general, nice. that's a normal thing. That lacks empathy. But it's also okay if you're not okay with other people's, what they're into. Like, totally, example, but don't dating... say it's weird. Just say, oh. Um... For example, I was dating <laughs> someone nice. where I said, <laughs> I like when guys go down me. He's like, that's not really my thing. I'm like, okay, then you're not that's my thing. That's a problem, yeah. What? But that's his preference. Right, but you, also it's important to understand that if your preferences are so limiting in terms of the pleasure you're able to give someone else, then that could be a problem for you in your relationships. Yeah. Um, because oral sex feels really good. Fuck yeah. How important is, is it to disclose your sexual past with a new partner? Why wouldn't you? Like, you know, I think people are like, I don't want to know, blah, blah, blah. And that's like not disclosing your relational past. Are you talking about just about the number of sexual partners? Are you talking about if someone has had any STDs or STIs? Is that is it important to disclose it to your new partner? Oh, it yeah, it's important to disclose STIs. But in terms of sexual history, one, the number thing is stupid. I, I wouldn't agree. even count. When I was younger, I used to count. But it was more of like, it was less about counting and more for my own and I don't know like I would in my journal I would have like this person that said like wanted to lick my toes or like whatever I don't know <laughs> you know it's kind of like would you not want to know your partner's past relationship history and like what happened in their relationships you were gonna say no you don't want to know <laughs> oh my god you need to know these things what if I they murdered their care. past partner and you're they're I'm like so well actually you know care. I killed them because they pissed me off and I was in jail but I got out because I had a great lawyer like you're gonna want to know that stuff yeah, eventually. You want to know what your partner's issues are relationally, what their stumbling blocks were, what they learned from their past relationship, what they're working on, what triggered them, you know, all of that stuff. Because if the you're going to. First date? No. Are we talking <laughs> about the first date? Or are we no. talking about. Okay, on the first date, no, you. <laughs> you don't need to know that. But yeah, I mean, I want to know, like, what was the hottest sex you've ever had? What's, like, the biggest turnoff you've had with past partners? Like, what are the things yeah. you've tried? What are the things you don't want to do? What are the things that you do want to do but haven't done? I know, sometimes you know, I feel like, like you wanna, with guys... I want to know everything. Sometimes I feel like with partners, I say things that I'm into, and then I go, even sometimes I go a little overboard in as a joke just to see if these <laughs> guys are just them. agreeing with Wait, me with everything, the and then they just agree with me with everything. And then I'm like... You're like, I want to take a dump on you. I and they're like, that's like, hot. 
Which, like, great for you if you want that. I was like, what if you put your penis inside of me and then you think you'll be able to pee inside of me? Should we try that? And I say this totally not meaning that. And the guy would be like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, whatever you want. And I'm like, okay, do you even... Are you even going to open up exactly what you like? So then it makes me worried. Cause Do you then tell I, them you're kidding? And then they're like, oh, thank God. You know why? I, sh- I forget to say that. <laughs> yeah. Some people just want to like agree people with you please and agree with you. That's so Again, annoying. because they're losing connection to their, their self. And oh. they're feeling like, okay, I don't want to get rejected. I'm just going to agree with everything. A guy, a man cannot pee inside. I can't, a man cannot pee when he has a full-on erection. Mm, uh, full-on... So you can't you can actually pee. happen when it's inside of you. You could do it. How do you recommend someone bringing up, if not exclusivity in a relationship, but exclusivity when it comes to sex with a new partner? Because I think a lot of times people avoid to have specifically that type of conversation because they don't want to seem clingy or rushing into things, but they, you know, if they're not using protection. A lot of times I have friends that date guys and the guys go, I mean, don't worry. I'll use condoms with other girls. <laughs> oh my like, god! What the fuck? There are some really scary people out there. Yeah. So, how do you bring that up without seeming like you're rushing into things or clingy or whatever? Um, rushing, clingy. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I don't like those words because I think they're neither. so stupid. Not stupid, but I, I mean, this is the relational anxiety and shame stuff that impacts sex in all relationships is that people are worried they're going to be too much, too needy, clingy, blah, when like you need what you need. Yeah. Like clinging is not a bad thing. And if someone doesn't want you clinging to them, that's could not that might not be a good sign for your potential. Obviously, this doesn't include like dysregulation, really anxious, panicky, like text me, text me, text me. Um, yeah. But like to some extent, we want to cling to our partners. That's fine. But so have conversations right at the beginning, you know, in terms of what are your expectations? Are you going to be seeing other people? I feel like no one does that, though. No it's one so does easy it, to but, tell that this but, to people, but no one actually does well, that. Well, they should start doing it. I do it. If I'm dating somebody, which I haven't in a long time, so. Um, but I would ask them, are you seeing other people? I mean, I, I was with some guy. I went on a second date and we talked. He was like, are you dating anyone else? Um, on my first date, I often ask people, like, what's your experience been like dating? Are you seeing other people? I mean, we're all adults. Like, I mean, I'm not investing in a fantasy that I'm literally the only person on the planet and they have never had sex with anybody else. They would never go on. I mean, people are hooking up. I like up. them pure. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I want a virgin. No. <laughs> I mean, all. we don't want to live in fantasy land. So you want to talk about it right from the beginning, because if you can talk about anything from the beginning, yeah. you know, a year into your relationship, it's not going to feel like you're, I don't know, going to commit murder by asking them a simple question about what they like sexually or about jealousy or anything like that i do think there's a there's a disconnect which is interesting because a lot of people disagree with how i view sex and how i approach it where i don't sleep with someone unless i I decide to be exclusive with them it's just Mm -hmm. my thing because i know emotionally it's better for me i think the disconnect comes as where if people are grown up enough to be having sex with people they barely know and all that it is so baffling to me and confusing that then they don't have the same maturity so then to have the conversation are you sleeping yeah. with anyone else all that so then it's i think fear. if you're uncomfortable with that then why why are you putting then yourself in situations where you're just fucking people and then praying every night for the best that you're not going to get something or they're they're not sleeping with someone else yeah i mean it's fear. that's one people of the reasons that i rather just you know and so they withhold wait. themselves it's a confusing thing and it can be really connective and it can really break down barriers to talk about your dating experience and to be real and open. I mean, you don't want to be fake and pretend. When it comes to sexual chemistry, 
How important is it to have it with a partner? Do you think it's something that you have to just automatically have with someone or is it something that potentially you can build? I don't know about this. I'm, I'm constantly thinking about this myself too, just as I've been single and dating and having sex with people. I'm like, is it there? Is it not there? What's going on? First, I'll say though, like working with couples, like it's really interesting because I see really functional and healthy relationships and they don't have sex with each other. Yeah. They're open. They're totally fine with it. They have sex with other people and they're great. Then I see people that don't have sex with each other. They're not open and they're totally fine with that. Then I see people that don't have sex with each other and they're like crying. Um, So like every person and every couple is going to be different in terms of how much sex plays a role in their relationship. That's not sexual chemistry. Right. But even with like people in relationships that don't have any sexual chemistry, they're not having sex and they're fine with it. Some are not. I'm just saying like the presence of sex, you know, is going to depend on each person. But in terms of sexual chemistry, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it can be built, but the challenge is people have to be really open and communicative and try And that's the problem is that sometimes if people are hooking up with somebody and they do once and they're like, it wasn't there, they don't try again and they're not going to have a big in-depth conversation about it and it'll end. It's weird. I think what's most important is attraction. Right. Um, And if you're attracted to somebody and not just like, well, uh, like objectively, I think they're attractive, but I'm not sexually attracted. There's a difference. Like if you're able to sexualize somebody and you're attracted to them, I think you can work together on building um, chemistry, especially if you're like emotionally connect to them and you're like, I want a relationship. This is something worth working on. For sure, there are times where people can work on it and it's like, nope, not there, not happening. But like, I think attraction is more important. I do see couples where they're like, I meet first, the way that works is I meet with a couple first and then I meet with them individually. And when I do the individual sessions, sometimes I'll hear from the partner, I'm actually not attracted to them. And I'm like, that's a big fucking problem because if you don't, if you're not able to sexualize or feel attraction for a partner, chemistry is certain. Not yeah. like don't even talk about chemistry, um, but you have to be attracted to them. And Can I don't you mean get like it back. It really depends. Like a lot of this is it, uh, the answer is I know people want like the answer for everything when something happens, but like it really depends. For some people, the lack of attraction is like lack of attraction. Period. End of sentence. For other people, they're not attracted to their partner because they've you know decompensated to a place that's unattractive. They started. I don't know, doing something that's on a, you know, that they're turned yeah. off by their partner, but they're not necessarily an attract, like losing Aww. attraction. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes people are just like, I'm not attracted to my partner whatsoever. Like, it's just, I'm not into them. That's How do you work on getting it back? Well, like I was saying, if it's a relational dynamic, like if there is a, a structure to the relationship where like, I don't know, in a lot of straight relationships and the woman is doing like absolutely everything and the guy comes home and like just expects things that can be a quick way to decrease attraction and it can be a big turnoff. So sometimes the turnoff is more of a relational thing that can be fixed. um, And then other times it's not. So it really depends on what's happening in the relationship. I feel like people that I've been out with normally, Mm. because I'm pretty picky, I've always had chemistry with. Uh And it was the first time ever recently where someone was good on paper and he was attractive and I liked everything he does. And then he leaned over to kiss me because I wasn't ready and normal, it felt too rushed for me, but he kissed me and my eyes were just open and I was just thinking, what the <laughs> fuck? And then he tried to kiss me again and again, I just was not what loving it. What weren't you into? It was weird, the kiss, I just oh, wasn't feeling it. it was, okay. I don't know, the kiss sucked. I didn't like kissing him. And then the next day he came over to hang out with me again and I just, Maybe because he was putting himself on me, so I, did, I didn't feel like I really knew him. So mm-hmm. then when he would 
you know, grabbed me to try to kiss me. I, I remember I literally rolled my eyes when you try to kiss me again. I just kind of put him back. I'm like, you know, I just feel like we don't really know each other, right? <sighs> this feels weird, right? Yeah. Oh, I did that, I guess. I was like, this feels weird, right? Did you say that? Well, because I... Well, he kissed I, you and you're like, this well, is weird. Well, because I said, <laughs> I don't like rushing into things. And this almost felt like that he wasn't listening. I, oh. Well, I, I mean, you, that's a turn I kept off. saying, I don't kiss on the first date. I have to get to know someone. I have to have an emotional connection. And it feels that well, so that might not be the, paying I mean, attention You don't to even me. get to do the chemistry part because he's violating your boundaries. Yes. I have but a hard time But this is what I mean about the relational dynamic. Maybe it would have gone differently if he was like um, not yeah. trying to kiss you after you told him not to kiss him. Kiss <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> true. Problem. If, he, if he gave me a chance to get to know yeah. him on an emotional level then I would feel probably be more attracted to him. Yeah. But that turned me off. And after that, I was just so turned off. Which is him. important. I mean, for some people, they do need to have an emotional connection with someone before they can even sexualize them. So that's yeah. what I mean, like, it always depends. That's me. Yeah. I just, I'm not, tra- I don't have a type. So whoever I'm always drawn to or attracted to, it just has to do with just who they are as a person. Or usually they have a trait about them that I admire. And that makes me really attracted to them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. So. Yeah, that's what I mean about the relational parts. Yeah. I'm having similar experience. Like I like I have casual sex with someone and then I'm like, I don't even know you. It's hard for me to like be on the physical. Like I think you look hot. Like that doesn't really get me that far anymore. Like I need to know who they are, what they do, like their personality in order to start sexualizing like somebody in a way that feels like really erotic beyond like, okay, they, they have a great dick or they're really hot. Like, I, yeah. you know, and so... I've just become like recently like, okay, do I need to like go on a million dates with somebody first or should it be there at the beginning? Is it an attract? You know, I think for everyone, it's really different. That's, I think that's uh, comforting to hear, especially from someone who does it for a living to know that even you're confused or you have all these questions. I think it is really nice to hear. It's a confusing thing. I mean, it's not like uh, there's a nasal swab for sexual chemistry. I think people just, sometimes just think, you have to know everything. Right. Kind of like, do I like this person or not? I've just yeah. I've spoken for 10 minutes. Sometimes Is he it's the a one slow or not? burn. Yeah. I mean, also, like, we're talking about everyone's sexual shame, fear, hangups, lack of power, blah, blah, blah. Like, in that context, it might be hard for you to have chemistry. People can be really inhibited if they feel shame, anxious about being rejected, etc. So, like, if you're anxious while you're having sex or if you're worried about being rejected or any of all those things, which most people are, it's going to be hard to be uninhibited. 
And so people often assume and project that the lack of sexual chemistry is the other person yeah. when sometimes it's about the dynamic, that there's some kind of inhibition that's happening. Or sometimes it has nothing to do with you. And if you just ask instead of assuming, oh, it's because right. they think I'm ugly or they think yeah. I'm this, you'll realize I actually had the best sexual experience. I think one time when I was younger and I was dating this guy and it was awesome because we were both so we're both in our early 20s mm-hmm. and that's usually when people don't communicate about sexually about anything. But it was, I think, one of the most honest conversations and a memorable moment because we were hooking up with our clothes on and I think grinding or something like that. And then he had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why. He just had needed to pee. So then afterwards, I go, okay, let's go to the bedroom. Let's have sex. So we get naked. And, you know, it's a vulnerable moment when yeah. you're both getting naked. Not right. to mention he was uh, either my second or my third partner at the time. Mm-hmm. So... It was just after my breakup and it's kind of this guy sees me naked and we start to hook up and he can't get hard. So then I try to help him to get hard. And no matter what I do, he can't get hard. And I remember I felt it made me feel so bad about myself. And I just sat and he goes, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm like, uh, and I just sat up and I go, OK, I'm so sorry. Is it are you? isn't me like are you not attracted mm. to me? I, I'm sorry. And it was just I felt so uncomfortable. And he looked at me and he goes, <sighs> can I be honest with you? And I go, yeah, yeah, what is it? What's going on? He goes, you're so fucking hot. Then we were hooking up and we were grinding with our clothes on. I came in my pants. I was about to say he definitely yeah. came in the bathroom. And I felt so embarrassed. And I went yeah. to the bathroom to clean myself up and I just can't get hard that fast afterwards. But I didn't want to say anything. I just oh. felt so embarrassed. I didn't Good want you him. to make fun of me for that. And I was just like, Hmm. are you joking that's so nice yeah that's and he goes where are you you serious and i go that is so hot you were so turned on by me that you came in your pants are you joking (laughs) you're like say no more i just came to (laughs) say less like say less Uh, yeah that was he he was so embarrassed had he known that would actually be so flattering to me and then i also knew i wasn't the problem and it was so awesome because in that moment i was able to not think twice and communicate is mm-hmm. it me are you not attracted to me you know i'm so happy i was able to say that yeah because then i was able to get validation that had nothing to do with me he had his own shame that he was going well through. it was about you it was because you were so hot yeah so it was, it was in a positive you. way but how nice <laughs> is that and then so we just cuddled until yeah. he was ready to be hard again oh, and then we had sex sweet. that's a really good point though in terms of if people like don't fully get is that like yeah. once sex starts they think that it's like yeah when like sometimes it's helpful to pause, cuddle, kiss, talk, and restart. Like if you lose an erection, or if you stop getting aroused, or if you're tired, or if you just want to stop because it's painful or whatever, like stop. Yeah. Like, take breaks. It doesn't. It's not like a. Uh, it doesn't have to be a straight line. Like you can pause, and then it can be really hot and arousing to talk or connect or just look at each other or play a fucking board game. I don't know. And then you can go back to it. Um, but that's a really good story. I know. It's, it's really it, sweet too. It is really sweet. Yeah. We did How was the sex after? It was great. He was so hot. We that's had fun. yeah. Was, Where really, is he? Actually ran into him recently oh. and I didn't want to say hi to, I saw him somewhere and I didn't, didn't want to say hi to him because you didn't want him to come again. <laughs> no, because I just I know my sometimes my confidence is so through the roof, so unnecessary, but I was with other guys and my I go, oh, I just I'm just worried that if I say hi to him, he's gonna try to date me again. <laughs> so I just don't want that to happen. But then I afterwards I felt bad and I texted him, I said I saw you and he's been trying to hit me up again. Oh. But I'm well, you know, it's all right been there done that 
Fine. It didn't work out 10 years ago, maybe. This is true, sometimes. Do you think the reason people have the misunderstanding, misconception of when it comes to sex with, you can just stop for a second, you can cut on all that because of porn? I mean, I think it's because of so many things. Um, the stuff about porn drives me nuts. Like, porn, I mean, it's like any kind of entertainment. Like, there is entertainment that's, like, pretty <laughs> shitty and that treats their cast members. I mean... I haven't been in LA that long, but a lot of my friends are creative people and actors and they get treated like horribly, horribly. Even people that work in service industries, horribly. Yeah. So like, I'm not saying porn is great and treats everyone great, but it, it gets such a bad reputation because of um, it's about sex. Well, I meant in a way where when you watch porn and the oh. the, the, the way everyone's performing. Yeah, it's so about then I that. Think, it's about, especially I mean, heterosexual relationships. Sometimes I think the guys... Because I had a friend who slept with this guy and I'm like, was it good? She goes, I mean, no, I didn't have a chance to try to come because he would just be flipping me around like we were doing a porno. And oh God, I just I kept being like, that. slow down. Wait, wait a second. People are like going in 35 different coming? positions. Cool. Like and I'm like, can we just like chill the fuck out? It feels like a fucking Olympic sport. Like I'm not catavolting on that. Whatever. What is that horse thing? Like, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally. I feel like I'm like 60 years old. My body cannot do that. But yeah, it's because of porn. It's about a lack of sex ed. Like, I don't know. No one ever told me. And sex ed, you know, it's okay if you want to stop and just masturbate next to each other. I don't think I've ever like, been told that either. No. Or like in a movie, you see people, it's like two pumps, she screams, he comes, oh and it's over. Oh my God, that's it's the like, funniest. It's hysterical. It's like, that's okay. But that's how people mostly learn about sex or in porn or from their friends. But no one is talking about the sexual challenges they're having. And no one's like saying, you know, oh yeah, last night I... I prematurely ejaculated and then <laughs> yeah. I told her that it was because she was too hot and then <laughs> we cuddled and then, Aww. you know, he's not telling his friends that. Oh, right. You know, so people don't even talk about it in general. So it's a whole like, you know, there's the lack of such education, the portray the unrealistic the portrayals and movals. Movals? In the movies. Movals <laughs> in movies, That's you so know, true. and culture and your friends, your environment, blah, blah, blah. And it also depends on where you live. If you live in a culture um like outside of the states that's mostly focused on straight sex getting married and having kids it's not necessarily focused on pleasure yeah so then people think about sex as just penetration for procreation in the context of a marriage blah 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 right not like pause slow down i know the movies and porn just ruins everything has ruined everything sometimes with sex with i guess when maybe when you're younger now i think people are just mo open on pleasuring their partners at least yeah, people that i meet i think so but i feel like when i was younger the guy would be rubbing my leg here thinking that's where my uh clitoris <sighs> oh is and be God. like did you come stop and it. you're like come where stop it <laughs> to the wrong house seriously yeah. get out stop <laughs> Like, that's literally my thought. But it's so true in the movies, in the romantic movies, the guy enters the woman and she goes, right. oh my yeah. God, this was insane. And right. you're like, what? Yeah. You don't see him like touching her clitoris or no lube is being applied. They're not stopping. It's like literally one or two pumps. And he just like, enters her and she yeah. orgasms and seven times. Scream. Yeah. And then you're like, what's wrong with me? And that's the thing. A lot of women don't even realize that there's a very high percentage for women who don't orgasm from their the vagina majority hole. of people don't have vaginal orgasms yeah i saw my vagina vaginal hole i don't know vaginal vagina entry what do you call you it call whatever it? you want i want to use your language <laughs> no vagina hole don't that's use, what we're calling it don't use my language i'm gonna use your language um i <laughs> mean a lot of me. a lot of guys can't come through penetration either what? many people can't come through penetration i can't come through penetration whether i'm being fucked or fucking like it's not gonna happen really did you not know this 
I don't recall. No, I didn't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah. You don't listen to anything I say. Most of the time, no. Do you not know about my sex life and how I have sex and all the details of it? Usually when I'm, when you're talking, I just so like weird. look at you because you're so attractive. And I'm like, he's right. beautiful. Our kids You're just having multiple amazing. orgasms. Literally. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. No, a lot of men can't. And what's interesting, especially with some of the straight couples that I see is like both partners are like penetration is in my jam, but they're still nonetheless like fucking. And I'm like, why don't you just masturbate with each other or like give each other oral sex or do other things? <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. My ex couldn't come from head. That's the only thing. I mean, everyone's different. Some people can't come through head, but also it's like, for me, it's about the friction and the tightness and the momentum. Like I can't get off if I'm having to move my body and like thrust, like it's just too much work. My dick's like, sorry, I'm lazy. I can't do it. But also like the way I learned to jerk off was like with a very tight grip. And a lot of men do as well. A lot of penis owners right so uh, whether we're talking about a vulva or a butt or a mouth no orifice can really replicate that type of a grip um oh. my therapist and now i call it the death grip <laughs> but um the gorilla grip the gorilla grip Ooh, i like that alliteration mm-hmm. gg um so yeah so i really most of the time if i'm getting ahead then i'll have to like tell them like exactly oh, so what I mean. from head, it's just from a hand. Yeah, it's like the grip. Holy shit, I think everyone should date you. That's, that's the easiest. Because I was like, damn, I'm just imagine someone's just always having to only come in your mouth to come. Oh my God. But you're like with a hand, easy, easy peasy, move in today. Right. Well, no, I mean, I definitely like a mouth and a hand. Ideally, it would be great. Okay. But like, I need specific directions. Like I need to literally give someone a PowerPoint on how to pleasure me. And I do once i feel comfortable with them but um a lot of people are like that regardless of gender but penetration is so centralized but for many people it's not the way they come it's not the most efficient or guaranteed way yeah i I think yeah i think as long as you communicate and again you'll be if people don't realize how much their partner would be relieved because yeah if i'm if yeah. if my partner can't orgasm from head and i'm there doing my best <laughs> then i'm gonna think i suck at my technique versus <laughs> i'm just being honest with me and telling me hey listen yeah. it's it's something I think- that i ask a lot of my partners is um what's the best way to get you like if you could what's the best way to get off for you like yeah. is it through penetration is it oral um do you want me to smack you in the face do you want me to play with your nipples like, yeah what's the hottest way for you to get off okay but what happens if you do that because it's a safe space and the person you're about to sleep with says something that you're completely not comfortable with how do you go about that i say i'm completely not comfortable with that (laughs) okay so that's not shaming them in any way that's just no because i'm nice about it i'm i you know i mean i wouldn't be like ew that's disgusting that's weird yuck no i'm like oh well i mean we could watch a porn together that's doing that, but I, it's not really my thing. Is there another option? You know, lately I've seen a big thing on TikTok, especially with women, where they talk about finding the perfect guy. And a lot of oh, these God. pep videos would be like, you can find a guy who doesn't follow a bunch of girls on Instagram Ugh. and he doesn't do this, he doesn't oh. do that. He doesn't watch porn. He doesn't. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, what? Good luck. And I've seen a lot of that where now people disagree of their partner watching porn, which was insane to me because I watch it. But it, I, I tried to understand. And actually one of the guys I, I dated, I think last year, we weren't sleeping together yet. when We didn't, never got there. But when I'm, I remember when I made a joke about porn, he kind of, without realizing, in a way shamed me being like, oh, I don't 
really watch porn. That's so he said. Yeah, actually, he said that's weird. It's so jerk. weird. I don't really. I, he didn't realize it's in the yeah. conversation. So then I'm like, oh yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. In my brain, I'm like, okay, delete yeah, all goodbye. my search history. Yeah. Because oh, I'm because I masturbate no. all the time, especially because I'm not Good sexually active. Yeah. But it was interesting to suddenly get that from a guy because I'm so used to seeing on TikTok from women not wanting their partner to watch porn, and then he, he, him as a guy, I could feel that it made him almost uncomfortable that I masturbate to porn and then i watch porn so what's up with that with people being i don't know i wonder that? why he said that not just him I, in general is that actually do you think it's realistic to expect your partner to not watch porn i mean only... i would say no but like i don't know if someone was like this is really important to me i'd be like okay for me it's not i think you know billions of people watch porn yeah um but it's like okay so what are the assumptions behind people that people are making about others who watch porn maybe it's no, a no, jealousy I, thing or feeling like, that they're attracted to the people they're masturbating to yeah but i think it also comes from a lot of fear yeah people are afraid that if someone is watching porn which i don't know anybody who has these thoughts but i guess they're out there people are afraid that if someone's watching porn it means something about that they're going to be rejected that they're not going to think they're hot enough that they're only going to want to have sex in one way that they're only going to want to jerk off and watch porn and not have sex with them you know there's all this projection that's happening based on insecurity yeah to me that's what this is about insecurity a lack of sex ed and a lack of curiosity about sexuality in general right you know the expectation that my partner should only be fantasizing thinking about masturbating to me you know, it's like you do not own your partner's sexuality. And that's completely yeah. unhealthy to think that, you know, you should control and have certain expectations for how your partner experiences their sexuality when they're alone masturbating. But I actually, when I like my partner or someone new that I'm talking to, I look for porn for then guys that look like them. And that, and I, I fantasize about the, the person I'm yeah. talking to. And a lot of times I've talked to other people that do the same thing, whether it's about Cute. a girl or a boy. Yeah where it's the porn is even if whatever porn you're watching it's to get you off but you're thinking about the person you're interested right. in it's yeah. not about the actual porn it's not exactly. like it's not like if i see the porn and the guy has a huge schlong and then my schlong. partner has a way smaller one i'm like oh that's weird oh my <laughs> that's <God>. weird oh. <laughs> ew yeah i mean it's same with like tv if i'm watching reality tv shows about people that are like i don't know doing whatever it doesn't mean that i want that yeah. It just means I'm bored and I'm looking for entertainment. Exactly. So people are writing their own story into other people's behavior. You're and it's right. a real it's problem. A, it's, it's not even about sex, but it's specifically about sex because there's so much sexual stigma and horrible um, sex phobic shit out there. I think it's, like it's pretty about bad. control or, yeah. or just, you're right, being scared that will this person not be attracted to me then and stuff like that. And it comes from, I think a lot of times we project our own fears right. onto other people and that's where it comes from. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Right. People don't want to take responsibility. I, it's not, and I don't think they're even aware that they're yeah. triggered, especially about sex. Sex is very triggering for people. And like, I'll post something about sex, especially about masturbating. I, like, I'll say, like, this happened recently. I made a video. I was like, masturbate whenever the fuck you want. Like, it's always great. And of course, everyone's like, but what about? when people are doing it until they're like dead or they're going to prison because they can't stop masturbating. They're going to prison because they can't I don't know who the fuck these people are, but people are really triggered and they're like, what about the worst case scenario? Are tri triggered they about are porn. majorly triggered about porn, but really about anything sexual. Um, that if you say something about like, all sexual kinks are great. I've gotten comments like, what about rape? What about incest? And I'm like, come on. Like, I'm not talking about. Yeah. Obviously these extreme, abusive, horrible, toxic, mistreating 
others type of kinks. Like, this is not what I'm talking about. But people are majorly triggered because they've felt unsafe because they've been abused, because they have no education, because they've not even registered that they're fearful. Like, it's like, it's a lot. The people who get triggered are normally not, most of the time, are not the people that were abused by something specific. I don't know. Because I will tell you from people who have been, let's say, molested, from whether I'm speaking from experience or have friends that that has happened to, it will subconsciously make us more drawn to specific type of porn that we would be shamed for because of something that happened that was triggering in our childhood. So I know from anyone that's actually had something triggering like that, it would accidentally make us be into a certain type of porn that would obviously make us feel ashamed for being into it. But then, so then the people who get triggered it's usually people get triggered on behalf of us. Had they actually asked us, we would be like, mind your own business because we actually do yeah. watch that I mean, porn. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a whole variety of reasons, but it's it's a lot of triggering. People are really freaked out by sex. It's sexual fear. and It's projection, I think. I think it does right, come from... but it's not something they're registering, um, which is a little scary. Is there then a, a point where watching too much porn is too much or it's never too much? I mean... When is it detrimental? I mean, this is the kind of thing about sex addiction and who decides what's too much. Do I? Do you? Does the president? Does your religious leader? Like, I guess if it affects your life, decides right. And way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's an addiction, and I wouldn't blame porn either. I would talk. I would be more curious about what is it? How is it impacting your life? And why is it that you are doing something that's impacting your life in this way? It just happens to be about sex, but. It's not about sex. You know, if people are masturbating and watching porn for 10 hours a day. It's not about porn. It's not about masturbation. It's something that they're self-soothing through porn and masturbation. Self-soothing. I like that. And so I want to know more about that. I'm not going to say, well, porn's the problem because they're watching. Porn isn't the fucking problem. The problem is why are they spending 10, 12 hours, which, by the way, I don't know anyone that masturbates for 10 hours. But, um, you know, what is going on that they're so anxious that they're checking out of their life and they happen to be checking out through sex? right versus a different habit yeah and i would say it's compulsive i wouldn't say it's addictive i use the words compulsive impulsive you know these things right because sex is such a political thing and it's such a cultural thing you know the idea of too much too little too often um is a subjective experience that has people are trying to objectify like come up with objective guidelines and boundaries for other people's self-expression yeah and that's again rooted in sexual fear and just bullshit but um, if it's creating major dysfunction, again, it's I don't focus on sex or porn. I focus on what's going on. Like, what's your story? What's going yeah. on in your life? Why are you doing this for 23 hours per day <laughs> and ending lot. up in jail? You know, in what's jail. up? What's up with? I mean, these are the <laughs> comments I get. What about people that like go to jail and ruin their lives because they're watching porn? I'm like, I don't know who, who the told fuck you these that on Instagram. These <laughs> no, comments. No, I know the person, but it, that's because they're projecting because. Yeah, it's always a projection it has something to do with them where I want to control my partner that, yeah. you know, when you're just always need to know where your partner is or right. with your partner who they're following on Instagram, all it's that fear. comes from insecurities. And, and fear. that's what goes back to, you know, how much do you want to know about your partner's sexual history? People that don't want to know, they're afraid. Oh, they're insecure oh. and they're fearful. But the more okay. you know about your partner's sexual history, the more you're able to please them and have a safe sexual relationship with them. Right. Yeah, I, I like knowing, I guess, the partners. I think I just don't care about... A lot of people get so curious about the exes of why they broke up and then they compare to the ex. For me, I'm always like, that's the past. I'm just focusing on me. So I guess maybe I'm too extreme in a way where I just don't ask anything. I'm so focused on us in the present. Well, you're really good at asking questions, so... 
That's you should true. just bring them down here on this couch and you should be like, so, <laughs> Let's, you're going to tell me about this? your sexual relationship. <laughs> Don't mind him. He's just going to be here watching you. <laughs> yeah, Is the I lighting just, good? Okay. Yeah, I just do this with every new partner. Okay, let's let's start. Um, so I mean, I'm not kidding, but like if I'm dating somebody for a while, that's what I will do. I will take a sexual history, not in a clinical way, but in a more of like I'm genuinely curious about people's sexual histories because it's important. If I want to have I a guess... connection with somebody like, you know. Did you grow up in a religious place where you were shamed as a kid? Like, when did you start jerking off? How? Why did you like, you know, what did you do? I just find it genuinely interesting, but it's also really pertinent information to our sexual connection. So let's talk about kinks. How sure. early do you recommend discussing kinks and desires in the bedroom? CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I recommend talking about everything right away. Kinks, fetishes, right away, references, turn-ons, turn-offs. Or in, on the first date? Whenever you feel most comfortable. I, I mean, it's also very different depending on your identity, gender, et cetera. Right. I mean, like many queer people talk about sex right away. Many straight people talk about sex two years into their relationship. Well, what if your kinks are some things that you know people will shame you for? You, you've you been shamed for before, so now you really don't feel safe opening up. Well, so for those one, people... I would say I'm sorry that you were shamed for that. No kink is bad. Kinks to me are like seasoning, spice, like... That's, I mean, it's a benefit if someone has some kink. It's not to say it's not a benefit if someone's more vanilla, but like, I think people really need to start practicing feeling empowered and, you know, this is something special I like, right? It's just because it's about sex that people are like, oh no, they're going to think I'm weird, reject, blah, blah, blah. But um, if you, there's something specific that you need sexually, whether that's a position or a specific kink, you know, this is something to tell your partner's right away. It's kind of like if you're going to go over someone's house for dinner and they're like, I'm cooking steak and you don't eat steak. Right. You're going to be like, uh, I don't eat meat. Or are you going to go and like pretend to eat it? Or if you have an allergy to peanuts and they're making something with peanuts on <laughs> I would hope, like, yeah. you know, you're going to be like, okay, I have like an issue with peanuts, but I love yeah. salmon. But you know, you kind of would tell them right. your nutrition. That's why when you go to a restaurant, they're like any allergies. Yeah. You know, sex is no different from food, but People often are not stigmatizing and feeling shame. Some actually, I shouldn't say this, but because they do about food, but it's totally different. Okay, so then if you were speaking about the opening up, then how soon do you think someone should be open about if they have a child? Do you think it should be on the first day, on the second day before they meet up? Again, I think it's a personal preference. Um, you know, if you're looking to develop a real connection with somebody and you're looking for a relationship, you know, I would share all parts of yourself. You know, you have a kid, you have parents, you have family. You think it should be before the date? I feel like it should be. Yeah, why not? I mean, why would you be hiding? I mean, if you're just looking for casual sex, then you no, know, I'm you don't need to, dating. you can give them a fake name. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, if you're dating somebody, I would disclose your family status for sure. What about someone that has an STD that's uh, forever? Like um, herpes. Tell them right up front. 
Right. But like some herpes. people are scared that. But you know, the reality is with herpes, like if this. you're on um, bowel tracts or, uh, you know, the transmission rate is decreased to like 0.01. You know, it's very, very small. Yeah. Which is still a percentage, but like, you know, that's the reality. Um, but, you know, I think when it comes down to it, you really want to get comfortable with your kinks, STIs, if you have them, all of this stuff that, you know, you just learned they were bad or toxic or harmful to others. Um, and they don't aren't necessarily. But I think people do have a lot of shame around that, especially because people lack the education on it, even though now there's a pretty high percentage in um, in big cities when it comes to herpes, different types of strains. Of yeah. Herpes. And I think that the estimates, I think, are like 30 percent, but that is really fucking low. No, um, it's like uh, 70, 80 percent. For one, it's, it's yeah, every, for one. literally everybody that you can have in your My blood. My mother but- has it. But years ago, when I was younger, I think when it opened my eyes was when one of my friends, we were just hanging out, and I made some herpes joke. Oh, at least it's not herpes. And then she, she, my friend goes, that's not cool. Like, you know, it's not funny. She goes, and then that's when she told me that her partner, the guy she's dating, has general herpes, but he doesn't have outbreaks. And when he does, then they don't sleep together. Mm-hmm. And she educated me on that. And A, I felt bad because I... At that point, I haven't met anyone that actually Mm. had general herpes. And it was interesting also because her, she doesn't have that. And it it opened my eyes on how we have these type of conversations where we make certain jokes that, you know, other people, it shames other people and then they never feel comfortable opening up on it. And I I forget at what point I've talked about with a sex therapist about herpes, but I got so many DMs from a lot of women being thankful that we had this discussion because they feel so much shame with opening up to a partner that they have that even even if they don't have outbreaks. The fact that people online didn't know what HPV is, how are they going to be understanding about herpes? When it's a simple Google search. I mean, people have a lot to learn about STIs, about sexuality. I mean, and the way that culture and our environment impacts how we think about them and the values we have. Yeah. I mean, it's a problem. But I think it's important for people to understand that these things are more common than they think and that herpes is not a deal breaker. And normal and actually not as harmful to our bodies as I think most people's fear would suggest they are. Yeah. I think a child is way more of a deal breaker than herpes. For you? For a lot of people. Hmm. I don't know. I I dated somebody with kids. I I didn't care. But I can see how it would be for other people. Yeah. I personally don't care. For me, it would be. Yeah. I can't see myself dating someone with a child. Okay. I want to have my own. Sure. With them. With you. Yeah. With us. I thought you told me that you were pregnant already. <laughs> yeah. I'm pregnant. Was no that just a like, ploy to get me over here? Yeah. I would love to get pregnant right now. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> what should you do if someone accidentally judges you or shames you for a kink or tells you that's not for you? How do you move on from that? Well, then the question becomes like, how necessary is this kink for you? Like, do you right. need it? Or, um, you know, what? Well, that's more of a fetish, but still some kinks aren't fetishes, but still fundamental to how someone gets turned on or aroused. What's the difference? A fetish is like, I need to have this or, I'm, you know, it's not going to be enjoyable. A kink is like, this is something that I enjoy, but I don't need to do it all the time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so like a fetish can be a kink, but a kink's not a fetish. So you only coming from your hand, that's... That's not a fetish. That's just a preference. A preference. Okay. I mean, a fetish is like, Some you know, words. I need to, I need to be spanked. Right. In or I need to, to be, be choked to, to come. Otherwise, it just, it's not, doesn't feel fun. Got it. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it depends like how central it is to how you get aroused and experience pleasure mm. and also how kind and compassionate your partner is. I mean, if I like the example I always use, if like my partner wants to go to baseball games and I'm like, I hate, I hate sports except mm-hmm. for tennis, I like tennis. Um, but I don't want to go to a baseball game. But like if I was dating somebody and they're like, it would mean a lot to me yeah. to go, I'd be like, okay, fine. I'll go with you like once a month. So then like, you know, you want to be with a partner who's really like game for most things, obviously have preferences. And if you don't want to do something, say it. But like, we want to do things for our partner. Yeah. Like if we don't want to go to the baseball game, I will go once in a while to appease you, whatever. Um, so it really it just, just means, depends. Doesn't it just mean then some people are just not sexually compatible for because I yeah. think or it could it, be about that a lack of compatibility of the partners. Right. Like so I see many couples where one partner wants their or one person wants their partner to be more dom and the other person is like I don't want to dom you yeah. and I'm like okay well can we see what we can get here and then we try and the other person's like <laughs> and I'm like okay what would it be like to really spank her the way that she's asking for you to be spanked? And he was like, it's a no-go for me. Yeah. So if some, sometimes I think if things are a deal breaker instead of... And that's a deal breaker. Yeah, I mean, but, not, not a deal breaker. It's like a lack of compatibility. But and some then people it's up to them can to feel shame about where don't don't kink shame or don't shame this person just because they like that. But it's like, I'm not shaming. It's just, it's deal breaker Expressing for me. a discomfort is not shaming. Yeah. If you, okay. shaming is shaming. If you know, people, I don't know who I was talking about this the other day, but it's like, you can say anything to anybody as long as you say it nicely. Yeah. Like, you like, like when put I a little humor. Like when I told you earlier how pale you are in a nice way. That was a, that wasn't a nice thing to say. It was or wasn't. I don't know. What are you saying? Did you get offended? Are you saying I don't look good? No, I think you look mm-hmm. great, but when I made a joke that you're pale, I said it as a joking oh, way. right. Versus if you were like, you look so pale. Right, right. yeah. The tone you use, the humor, the laugh, the everything will think, shape how you uh, communicate acceptance versus shame. When should you start, since you said to discuss preferences, kinks, fetishes, and all that up front, when should you discuss turnoffs? I think up front too. At the same too. time, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, also, like, you don't have to do this while somebody's inside of you. <laughs> well, like, I would hope you before. You could do it before. You could do it after. <laughs> you could do it on text message. You can write an email. You can send them a one sheet. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Just start the conversation somewhere. I do Turn-offs, this through text I and I do right this in away. person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's so important to say before you're about to sleep with somebody right. because you don't want them to do something Turn-offs accidentally are really that you don't important, like. important, but most people aren't communicating it. I think because they forget. Like, I always say the things I'm not, these are the things I'm not down with in what sex. Are they? Well, because let's say I was talking to this one guy. We never end up sleeping together, but we're potentially getting there. Uh-huh. And he, in that moment, was really into uh, spitting in girls' mouths, uh-huh. just not really my vibe. Sure. So I just didn't want that. I yeah. mean, I said, maybe we'll see, but don't do that without me understanding. Sure. Or another thing I'm not into, I would never be, I'm not a th- not my thing for someone to come on my face. So that's just, I say sure. right off the bat. I would say right off the bat, threesomes or coming on my face, two things I won't do. Okay. And they're like, okay, that's good Great. enough. So obviously I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm such a cool girl. Yeah, I do, I know, okay, <laughs> but I do. Good, good for you. I'm kidding. Feels Wait, good. No, I, do. Um, I haven't had it in so long, but yeah. Yeah, but no, you got to tell people what you don't like and boundaries you have. I think 100% and from the beginning. Words you don't want to hear. What and... if they do something you, like, what if you don't tell them 
that you don't like that because you just assume that people think the way you do and then right. the guy accidentally comes on your, your face because he the last girl he was with was into that and then you feel accidentally sh- comes on your face well i don't know then you feel some <laughs> type of shame that oh it's a great yeah. how dare you versus him thinking we're just having fun right yeah so it's better to just kind of say where are you coming let me know right now yeah what's the direction give me the coordinates yeah everybody has those experiences and everybody needs to unlearn something unlearn i like and that and then you need to learn something else so like the reason why i i mean I became a sex therapist because of my own sexual issues and because i find it really interesting because it's such a cultural experience that in relational experience that people boil and reduce but the other thing is that you know with some emotional issues it can be really you know they're just kind of like lifelong especially with trauma you know it's just like ongoing maintenance but with sex like a little learning can actually go a really long way. Like if somebody works on their sexuality, takes a class, reads a book, literally any kind of work, it can have really big impacts on how they experience their sexuality, their confidence, their self-esteem, their body esteem, their relational anxiety might decrease in terms of, you know, the role that sex plays in relationships. Um, So like sex is a really big deal. So a little learning can go a really long way. Um, And sex is practice too. Yeah, I, it's a skill. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think there are some people, very small percentage of people that are what I call sexual naturals that are just like really competent and like powerful and you, literally. Me. I'm just talking about you, <laughs> the one person in this glo- this world. It's a skill. So like if you're never having sex, you can't just start having sex being an expert. You know, oh. you're not going to be like super talented, like dance or um, cooking or anything. Like you have to practice. And sometimes people can only become skilled if they're practicing with one person. Sometimes they need to practice with multiple people. Everybody's going to be different. How do you think one can practice to learn to feel empowered as a sexual person? Well, like I said, I mean, people have to unlearn a lot of stuff and then they have to practice having sex while putting themselves out there talking about kinks and having the experience like you described with that guy who was like no it's not you like having the experience where your anxieties are decreased and comforted and these experiences need to be with other people the same thing goes with any other kind of life challenge is that we need to learn new insights and then we have to practice applying those new insights in the world during sex where we can actually be affirmed for the thing we think we're going to be rejected for and then we need to have those experiences over and over and over and eventually it forms a new system of values and beliefs from self-confidence to affirmation and validation. But it's it's about learning and practicing and um, really being patient with yourself. But I think it's also about first getting comfortable with your own body sexually because yeah. how can you expect other people to give you right. an orgasm if you don't know what makes you orgasm? Yeah, I mean, you have to, people really practice through masturbation. No, but that's why a lot of, I think there's some shame even to this day with women when it comes to masturbating, when in reality- Well, for sure, women are not encouraged uh, to experience pleasure. Men li- are, but- Literally, if you if I post a video, just having a conversation about masturbation, I get definitely shame in the comments from people calling me or the person I'm interviewing a whore no, and all that, or being so run ridiculous. through, when in reality- No, masturbation is a really touching huge part other of sexual health. Yeah, but yeah. For, it's like guys can do it all the time, but women, God forbid, right. God forbid, why do you need to pleasure yourself? That's it's terrible. about me and my manhood. It, like 1950? Literally. So I think there's, so I think that's one thing that a lot of women need to understand to remove the, sh- unlearn the yeah. shame with for masturbating right. and to, I think, understand your body better before you get in front of a partner. Because also being naked with one another, that's so vulnerable. And I right. think that's another thing that people forget. It's yeah. your, it's as that's vulnerable why, like, as you can get. That's why like sexing, it makes me feel good about my body. 
sexing yeah i do i like i like sexing too. but also with masturbation like you learn your body you learn what you like the pressure the rhythm the positions like you learn what you need to experience arousal pleasure and orgasm you know so the question of like what turns you on how do you turn yourself on yeah you know um is, there are important things to know so then when you're with somebody you can say this is exactly how i like it please do that I like also the how in this conversation I've seen on your Instagram, how you make a point to say that it's never, quote unquote, just sex and that yeah. people shouldn't speak like that. Why do you think that's kind of a dangerous train of thought? Well, because of, uh, you know, what I'm saying about sex is relational. Sex is about a lack of education. Sex is about cultural um, stuff that sex is not just about a genital or an orgasm or any kind of biological thing. It's everything. Sex is natural. You know, it's not like we're born with like zero values about sex. We learn these things. We learn how to shame ourselves. We learn how to shame other people. And that shame and relational anxiety shapes our sexuality way more than just having a genital. So, yeah. you know, the idea of saying it's just sex, people often, which annoys me, I'm like, they go towards in this other direction that I'm not talking about, which is this, uh, the idea of relational connection or connectivity yeah. or like the type of relationship and i'm like i'm not talking about the type of relationship if you're going to marry the person or if it's in a person that you don't know their name and it's casual and you'll forget them that's mm -hmm. not what i'm talking about i'm talking about like who you become sexually and how you put yourself out there or don't all of that stuff and how you experience your body is cultural it's more cultural than it is biological right it's not just sex so it's, it's not more just than sex that. right and i'm not again not talking about like relationships people are like no it was just casual i'm like yeah i'm not talking about your relationship right. with the other person i'm talking about the relationship you have with yourself and what turns you on and what turns you off and what freaks you out and what makes you anxious all of that stuff's emotional psychological cultural yeah. like even again like i said if you're in a dark room with stranger number two in a hole mm. you know that's an anonymous dynamic with a stranger who knows nothing about you and you know nothing about them there's no backstory and you can just enjoy yourself sexually and, and in that right. context there's a psychological context for that it's not about your relationship with stranger number one in the glory hole it's about your desire to be with stranger number one in the glory hole and what that Got says about who, what you like and your preferences you know, like in terms that. of being anonymous or being unknown or not having the other person know you or feel not feeling like you need to take care of the other person right. or please the other person yeah so these are all really important things that really mediate people's sexuality i like that because yeah that confused me then then that means the casual sex shouldn't be a thing but i like that where it's not just sex hence why for me it's not just sex i get emotionally attached which is why yeah. i avoid sleeping with someone too fast because yeah. then i will just love them forever and then they could be the worst person ever and i wouldn't even realize it because their penis was inside of me and now we're just together yeah for life forever forever yeah in the universe so that's why I rather just manifest. hold off with people sometimes you know yeah. make me feel weird about that that I'm not yeah but I think it. also that it's just sex things about a lot about cheating or about monogamy or non-monogamy oh, and even right. in that like it's still not just sex you know it, well, you might cheating. not care about the person that you're having sex with you might not have an intention to be with that person it might not have anything to do with that person but it's but not just sex but it has something to do with you it has something to do with who you become with the other person what you're looking to express with the other person even if again other person is stranger number one glory hall it's still there's still a story there um you know so uh, like that, that story is an important one so in an ideal world what would you say what does sexual education in schools look like 
Well, this is the thing often that I get a little frustrated with, even on social media and just in general, is that people think about sex ed as, you know, which is, is true about biological things and genitals and boundaries and stuff like that. But what's often left out is what I was just saying, the relational and emotional components of sex ed. Because sex is not just saying, okay, masturbation is great, or you can talk to your partners about kink. It's about, okay, what happens when you don't? What comes up for you? Who do you become? And what are the anxieties right. you have? And what are the relational yeah. components of that? So again, even with a stranger, it's highly relational. So there has to, I, I really wish there was more of a component about the psychological and relational dynamics in partnered sex, because that's often what mediates how people express themselves. You know, it's one thing to have information and education, but applying that education and information in a relational context is about history. It's about growing up. You know, it's about your parents. It's about the world you live in. It's about your gender. It's about your identity, you know, your race, your sexual orientation. I mean, it's about literally everything. So, so sex education has to be much more than just information and education. It has to be a real kind of 360 approach to relationships, too. Right. No, that's so interesting. I feel like you taught me a lot today because we went into this and I thought it would just be about sex, but it wasn't just about sex. It's not and, just sex. <laughs> but I oh, like that. Good. I like that a lot because it, it just taught me that just how we all have different love languages and different childhood trauma and with how we express our love and stuff like that. It's not just with that, it's also in sex. Like I, you just helped me understand how much more broader sex is and how you're right. When you're cheating, it's not just sex. It comes from the power dynamic of how it makes them feel with this other exactly. person. Yeah. And if you're going to the glory hole and it's anonymous, you're only having casual sex where you don't want to know the person's name. Where is that coming from for you? That right. you can only do that. And not that you shouldn't do that, but it's no, just I as know, a story. But, it's, yeah. it's, it, but then I think when people understand that, it kind of helps you better understand yourself. And right. this helped me right now because I thought I was only learning about myself when it come, came to my love languages and my childhood yeah. trauma, how I grew up with my father. But now... I get to explore this other venue and hopefully yeah. everyone else listening where it comes to also your sexual preferences and things, what you're into, or even, you know, the fact that I need to wait to sleep with someone. It's not because it's not just sex because I get no. emotionally attached. It took me forever to understand that. So this has been very educational and helpful for Great. me. So I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah. We've come full circle. Is there anything else I didn't ask you that you want to add? Um, no, I think we covered a lot. <laughs> Bless. So where can people find you? On Instagram at your diag nonsense. Yeah. So diag, D-I-A-G, and then nonsense. And I will also put in my description. So definitely find him. Yeah. Uh, or my website at toddsbarrett's.com. Toddsbarrett's.com. Obviously will be in my description too. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Boo. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And it's been a pleasure. It's been a real sexual pleasure for yeah. me as well. Fully aroused. Fully aroused. Yeah. I came an hour ago. <laughs> I'm so flattered. Thank you yeah. so much for telling me. You're just so hot. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. I should call him. Yeah, I would call him. Thank you guys so much for listening to another beautiful Almost Adulting episode. I hope you have a beautiful weekend. Don't forget to subscribe if you're not for whatever reason. Make sure to follow Todd. And leave me a five-star review if you enjoyed this episode. Love you. Bye.